Jim, and when you get my age, that does help. You know. <laughs> so I put that up there because, see, it's blacked out. I got to know it's ready to go. And the only way I can know it's ready to go is that something is showing. And so I decided to put my initials up there. <laughs> uh, my conference is restored. <laughs> <laughs> so Jim feels a lot better about that. Thank you for being here. If you're visiting from the community, you're an honored guest. Thank you. If anything is said you don't understand, I'll be glad to sit down and study with you. Jim, Tommy, one of the elders, we'll be glad to do that and we will consider it a privilege. Please come back each night as we study this very important subject. There's a lot of error taught in this area, and so we want to know the truth about the second coming. Now tomorrow night, Lord willing, we're going to talk about the bodily resurrection. What are we going to be like? What's going to happen? And so forth. So please come back tomorrow night, and then on Tuesday night, we're going to be talking about the judgment, and what is going to take place at the judgment, who's going to be there, what's going to be the standard, etc. And then Wednesday night, what does eternity hold for you? So please come back each and every night, bring a friend or a loved one. Time is running out. I am closer to my death, folks, than I've ever been in my life. I'm one week closer than I was this time last week. I am closer to the judgment than I've ever been in my life. But that's true with you. It is true with everybody up on the face of the earth. Now we're going to be talking about the truth about the second coming. The Bible says in Matthew 24, 37, But as the days of Noe were, so shall the coming of the Son of Man be. Now we'll talk a little bit more about that in a moment as we discuss the second coming. I want you to notice from the Bible the certainty of the second coming. This is not guesswork. It's based upon what the Word of God says. In Acts 1.11, angels announced it and said it's going to take place. Which also said, ye men of Galilee, why stand ye gazing up into heaven? This same Jesus, which is taken up from you into heaven, shall so come in like manner as ye have seen him go into heaven. Angels declared, now you saw him go into heaven, taken up in the clouds, the same Jesus shall return. Then I want you to notice that the apostles affirmed it. The Bible says in Hebrews 9.28, So Christ was once offered to bear the sins of many, and unto them that look for him, watch it, shall he appear the second time without sin unto salvation. The concept without sin is without being a sin offering. He's not coming back the second time to be a sin offering. He's coming back to judge the world. Hope asserts it. In Titus 2.13. Looking for that blessed hope. This is what you and I ought to be looking for. And the glorious appearing. Of the great God. And our Savior. 
Jesus Christ. That's your hope. It's mine. The second coming of Jesus Christ. Heaven asserts it. In Philippians 3, 20 through 21, for our life, our conversation, that means life, for our life is in heaven, from whence also we look for the Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. Now watch this. Who shall change our vile body, that it may be fashioned like unto his glorious body, according to the working whereby he is able even to subdue all things unto himself. You know, uh, I often think when a member of the body of Christ is extremely sick and dying, and finally they take that last breath and they die, and they've been a faithful child of God, folks, they just got well. Isn't that great? That's what's wonderful about Christianity. Now, they don't have that new body yet, but they will get it, as we shall see, Lord willing, tomorrow night. When will the second coming occur? Now, we have a lot of people that's predicted dates, as we pointed out earlier. But I want you to notice what the Bible says. After the falling away. In 2 Thessalonians 2, 1 through 3. Now we beseech you, brethren, by the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, and by our gathering together unto him, that ye be not soon shaken in mind, or be troubled neither by spirit, nor by word, nor by letter as from us, as that the day of Christ is at hand. Let no man deceive you by any means, for that day shall not come, except there come a falling away first, and that man of sin be revealed, the son of perdition. Now if you've studied much church history, and especially even back toward the latter end of the first and second centuries, you see there was a great falling away. And it was hard to recognize the New Testament church. Well, Paul says you don't have to worry about the second coming until the falling away comes first. Why the delay? Why hasn't the Lord already come back? It's because of his love and long-suffering. Listen to the word of God. See, these people are asking the same question here, these scoffers in 2 Peter 3. Where is this coming? The Bible says the Lord is not slack concerning his promise, as some men count slackness, but is long-suffering to usward, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. It's amazing the providential care of God, even in trying to convert souls. Who knows? But through the providence of God Almighty, this meeting was prepared for a certain person, maybe you, to help bring you back to the Lord. See, this we don't know. The long-suffering of God is why this world has not been brought to an end. Well, when's it going to occur? When we least expect it, according to 2 Peter 3.10, but the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night, in the which the heavens shall pass away with a great noise, and the elements shall melt with fervent heat. The earth also and the works that are therein shall be burned up. I had uh, about... Six months ago, a precious mother and daughter come to my door. They were Jehovah's Witnesses. And I always try to study with them. You're looking for prospects? They just came to your home. You've got two prospects. So I always try to study with them. 
So I went out and talked to them, offered to study with them in detail. And she said, wouldn't you like to be here on this earth forever and ever and it be a wonderful paradise? I said, no, ma'am. I said, I certainly would not because the earth is going to be destroyed. Oh, no. The earth is not going to be destroyed. I said, what about the words of Jesus? When Jesus said, heaven and earth shall pass away, but my words shall never pass away. Matthew 24, 35. Both of them at the same time backed up about two steps as if though I had swung at them. I don't believe they'd ever heard that passage. That the heaven and the earth is going to pass away. Friends, this old earth is going to melt with fervent heat. It is going to be destroyed when the Lord comes back for the second time. Only God knows, as we noticed earlier today, Mark 13, 32 through 33, But of that day and hour knoweth no man, no, not the angels which are in heaven, neither the Son, but the Father. Take heed, watch and pray. Now watch this. For you know not when the time is. Friends, language cannot be more clear than that. When the Bible comes right out and says, you and I, we don't know when the time is. And nobody knows but the Father. Why in the world would I want to get up here and set a date and tell you that's when the Lord is coming back? To do so is to call God into question and make God a liar when God says nobody knows but He Himself. How will the Lord return? Notice what the Bible says. In person, it's going to be the Lord Jesus Christ Himself. This same Jesus whom you've seen taken up shall so return. Acts 1 and verse 11. The Lord himself shall descend from heaven. 1 Thessalonians 4.16 And when he does, we shall see him as he is. 1 John 3.2 Footnote here. Everyone that's ever lived will see Jesus Christ. Everyone. But do you know only the pure in heart will see God? Madeline Murray O'Hare will see Jesus Christ when he returns. Adolf Hitler will see Jesus Christ. Mussolini, Saddam Hussein, Ted Bundy, you name anybody you want to name, good or bad, all will see Jesus Christ when he returns. But the Bible says only the pure in heart will see God. You see, Jesus is going to judge us. And either we're going to go to heaven or we're going to go to hell. We go to heaven, we get to see the Father, the Holy Spirit, all the righteous angels and all the righteous people of days gone by. He's going to come unannounced according to what the Bible says. The Bible says in Luke 12, 44, uh, 45, 46, But and if that servant say in his heart, My Lord delayeth his coming... And shall begin to beat the men servants and maidens, and to eat and drink and be drunken. The Lord of that servant will come in a day when he looketh not for him, and at an hour when he is not aware, and will cut him in sunder, and will appoint him his portion 
with the unbelievers. But Lord, when are you going to come back in an hour that one is not expecting it? And if we decide to live ungodly, mistreat people, the Bible says that he will come back and we will be cut asunder and we'll have our part with the unbelievers. He's coming back as he ascended according to Acts 1.11 which also said, Ye men of Galilee, why stand ye gazing up into heaven? This same Jesus which is taken up from you into heaven shall so come in like manner as ye have seen him go into heaven. Now I want you to notice this is not some kind of secret coming back like in the rapture. That won't work. Everybody's going to see him. Every eye shall behold him. He's coming back just as he went. He went in the clouds. He's coming back in the clouds according to the Bible. I want you to notice he's coming back audibly. Now the people that teach the premillennial theory will go to 1 Thessalonians 4 to try to show this is the rapture. No friends, this is too noisy to be the rapture as you will see in a moment. See what they claim about the rapture is you might get up one morning and your wife or your husband be missing. Well they've been raptured out of here. And if you're on a 747 you better hope the pilot and the co-pilot are not saved. Are you in a lot of trouble? You would not believe some of the lessons I've heard along this line. But I want you to notice what's going to take place when the Lord returns. I want you to hear the noise from this verse. The Bible says in 1 Thessalonians 4.16, For the Lord himself shall ascend from heaven with a shout, and with the voice of the archangel, and with the trump of God. And the dead in Christ shall rise first. Does that sound like some kind of secret coming that no one will pick up on? Not at all. This is talking about the second coming of our Lord. He's coming with angelic attendance. Angels are going to be with him. In 2 Thessalonians 1.7 And to you who are troubled rest with us when the Lord Jesus shall be revealed from heaven with his mighty angels. Can you imagine that awesome sight? If the Lord appeared himself. What an awesome sight. I promise you. When he appears. We all. I don't care what kind of life you've been living. If it's the best life that one could live. We all will fall to our knees. And we all will confess him. To the glory of God. Everybody's going to confess that Jesus is a Christ. It's either now to your salvation or then to your damnation. One way or the other, you're going to confess it. Madeline Murray O'Hare is no longer an atheist. She knows there's a God and she knows she's lost. And that's sad. I hate that for her. But she made the choice. In Matthew 6, 20, uh, 16, 27, For the Son of Man shall come in the glory of his Father, with his angels. And then he shall reward every man. According to his works. He's coming with power and glory. Notice what the Bible says in 1 Thessalonians 1. 7 through 9. And to you who are troubled rest with us. When the Lord Jesus shall be revealed from heaven with his mighty angels. 
in flame and fire, taking vengeance on them that know not God and that obey not the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ, who shall be punished with everlasting destruction from the presence of the Lord, now watch it, and from the glory of his power. Can you imagine seeing the glory of the Lord in the clouds, the angels with him, and now you hear those words, depart from me, you worker of iniquity, and you're separated from the glory and the power that you just saw. You see, that's going to be the second coming. And you and I have got to understand that. What will he find when he returns? What's the Lord going to see here upon the face of the earth? A catalog of all kinds of sinners. Now in Revelation 21.8, here's a list of some who will be lost. He'll find these people. And the fearful and unbelieving and the abominable and murderers and whoremongers and sorcerers and idolaters. And all liars shall have their part in the lake which burneth with fire and brimstone, which is the second death. You know, when the Lord returns, since sin goes on all the time. He'll find some committing adultery. He'll find some stealing. He'll find some killing and committing murder. He'll find some wrapped up in lies. All kinds of sins. I had a gospel preacher tell me one time, I wouldn't dare fornicate, commit adultery. For just as sure as I did it, the Lord would return at that hour. Well, we need to think that way. I tell people before you commit sin, you ought to think about some things. Would I do this if my wife was watching? Would I do this if my daughters were watching? Would I do this if my son-in-laws were watching? Would I do this if the congregation where I preach was watching? But most importantly, would I do this if God was watching? You see, I think I'm a pretty good actor. Now, what I mean by that, I think if I wanted to, I could be a big hypocrite and maybe fool you. I think most human beings can act that well. But one thing I can't do is fool God. I'll never fool him. And he's the only one that counts. I'd fool you from now to the day I take my last breath. But what am I going to do when I stand before Jesus Christ? The one who knows my actions, my heart, everything about me. It's something we need to ponder seriously. He'll find the arrogant scoffers. We have some of them call a rise to truth. Wesley, you telling me that a man had to die on Calvary's cross for you in order for you to be saved? You're not that dumb, are you? Yes, sir, I believe that. I believe that with all my heart. You see, we've had them call and make fun of what the Bible teaches. Judgment day, the scoffing will stop. I promise you. Notice this, 2 Peter 3, 3 and 4. Knowing this first, that there shall come in the last day scoffers, walking after their own lust, and saying, where is the promise of his coming? For since the fathers fell asleep, all things continue as they were from the beginning of the creation. You say the Lord's coming back. Where is it? We don't see it. Well, they will. They'll see it. 
where every eye shall behold the coming of our Lord. Evil men will wax worse and worse. In every generation, I think people think, man, I've never seen it this bad. Well, God made a prophecy here that is true that evil men just get worse and worse. In 2 Timothy 3.13, but evil men and seducers shall wax worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived. There's one thing we'll always have with us, the ungodly. You can just mark that down, underline it, and triple X it. They'll be here. And they'll be living every kind of ungodly life that one can imagine. Then you'll have those who are indifferent. I mean, they're just trying to make a living and feed their family and they're just enjoying life and they're not thinking about God. They're not thinking about the coming judgment or the second coming. They're not worried about any of that. But now notice what the Bible says in Matthew 24, 37 through 39. But as the days of Noah were, so shall also the coming of the Son of Man be. For as in the days that were before the flood, they were eating, drinking, marrying, and giving in marriage until the day that Noah entered into the ark and knew not until the flood came and took them all away, so shall also the coming of the Son of Man be. Can you imagine living close to that ark and it starts to rain? And as far as we know, and the Bible indicates, this is the first time it ever rained. Water falling out of the sky. God says to Noah, water's going to fall out of the sky and it's going to be bad. You're going to have to build you a big boat if you're going to survive. Well, by faith, he believed God. Can you imagine when that water started to fall out of the sky and people saw rain for the first time and then the water started to rise, how that they wished they were in that ark? Well, when the Lord returns and people see Him in the clouds, they're going to wish, oh, I wish I'd have obeyed God. But it's going to be too late. Just like it was too late in the days of Noah. He'll find the faithful, those who truly love Him, those who put him first. First Thessalonians 1.10 And to wait for his son from heaven, whom he raised from the dead, even Jesus, which delivered us from the wrath to come. The beautiful thing about it, folks, when the Lord returns, we'll see our Savior for the first time as far as laying our eyes upon him. And he's the one that's saving us from the wrath which is to come. But if one does not obey the gospel of Christ, when the Lord appears, it's going to be just like no one ever died for them because they're not blood covered and they cannot become blood covered. It's too late. 2 Timothy 4.8 Now watch the Apostle Paul speaking of what's laid up for him. Henceforth there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness which the Lord the righteous judge shall give me at that day. Now watch this. And not to me only but unto all them also that love His appearing. You and I ought to love the concept of the appearing of the Lord. When you and I will be tempted no more, we'll be sick no more, we won't have any more sorrow, heartaches, it'll all be over. I know today's special day is Candy's birthday, my daughter that died. She'd have been 35 today. But I know one thing, if the Lord appears right now I'll get to see her again that's a beautiful thing about living for the Lord the Lord has a great reunion awaiting us out there 
if we do what he says do. Now he's not coming back to do certain things. We need to know this. He's not coming back to die for sin. He's already done that. Hebrews 9.28 So Christ was once offered to bear the sins of many, and unto them that look for him shall he appear the second time without sin. That's sin offering unto salvation. He's not coming back to offer himself as a sin offering a second time. He offered himself one time and that was sufficient. He's not coming back to give you and me a second chance. Many religions teach the doctrine of a second chance. But you won't find that in the Word of God. In Hebrews 9.27, And as it is appointed unto men once to die. Well, Lord, what happens after I die? Do I get a second chance? No. But after this, the judgment. He's not coming back to set up a kingdom. We notice that in our first two lessons. In 1 Corinthians 15, 24 through 26, then cometh the end. See, that's what we're talking about when he returns. When he shall have delivered up the kingdom to God, even the Father, when he ha shall have put down all rule and all authority and power, for he must reign. Notice he's reigning now. Till he hath put all enemies under his feet, the last enemy that shall be destroyed is death. We're waiting for the Lord to come back. And empty every cemetery there is upon the face of the earth. Isn't that something? I'll tell you this and I'm going to tell you again tomorrow night. People say, Wesley, you don't believe in miracles. Oh yeah. I believe in every miracle in the Bible. But I believe the Lord when the Lord says that miracles have ceased. Miracles don't take place today. But I believe in miracles so strongly, folks, that one day I'm going to participate in a miracle. Isn't that something? If I'm dead, I'm going to be raised. If I, I'm alive, I'm going to be changed in the twinkling of an eye to be just like my Lord. God has lost none of His power. The same God that could create man out of the dust of the ground, a woman out of a rib, is going to be the God that takes care of you and me come second coming and judgment day. He's got that kind of power. And the last enemy that's going to be destroyed will be death. What events will take place on that glorious day? The dead will be raised. John 5, 28, 29, Marvel not at this, for the hour is coming in which all that in the grave shall hear his voice and shall come forth. They that have done good unto the resurrection of life, and they that have done evil, unto the resurrection of damnation. I want you to notice the Bible says the hour is coming, not ours. If you remember the chart I put up there, the premillennial people have to have three different resurrections, three different judgments, and the Bible will not endorse that. The Bible endorses one resurrection, one judgment. And all of us are going to be at the judgment scene, as we'll see in one of our lessons. He's coming back to judge the world. In Acts 17, 30 and 31, And the times of this ignorance God winked at, but now commandeth all men everywhere to repent. Why? Because he hath appointed the day in the which he'll judge the world in righteousness. By that man whom he hath ordained, whereof he hath given assurance unto all men, in that he has raised him from the dead. What are you saying? God, just as certainly as I raise my son 
from the dead. There's going to be a judgment. And just as certain as there's going to be a judgment, all mankind better stand there having repented. I want you to notice the Bible says he has appointed a day. I want you to look at verse 31. Because he hath appointed a day. There's a day that has been appointed for the second coming. For the resurrection. For the judgment. I don't know that day. But God Almighty knows it very well. And he knows exactly when that day is going to occur. He's coming back to destroy the universe. 2 Peter 3.10 But the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night into which the heavens shall pass away with a great noise and the elements shall melt with fervent heat. The earth also and the works that are therein shall be burned up. So this whole world is going to be destroyed, the universe. Well, what can we do in view of all of this? Watch. I don't know the day. I don't know the hour. If I knew all of this, I'm here in a meeting, I'd say, here's the date, folks. Now get ready for it. But you know why the Lord didn't do that? I'm convinced this shows the awesome wisdom of God Almighty. If the Lord would have said the second coming and judgment's going to occur, October 5th, 2021, you and I would have felt like we could live any way we wanted to live up to that date. You see, God didn't want us to get into the habit of practicing sin so that we would not be prepared when the time came. So we're to watch. We're to exhort one another to help each other go to heaven. Hebrews 3.12, Take heed, brethren, lest there, be, lest there be found in any of you an evil heart of unbelief in departing from the living God. Every time you enter this building, you encourage your brother or your sister. You learn more about the Bible. I challenge you to read Psalm 73, which I preach in gospel meetings quite often where David almost lost his faith because he looked out here and saw the ungodly doing as good as the godly. And he just about gave up saying, does it really pay to serve God? Until he said, I went to the house of the Lord and saw their end. What was going to happen to him? Then his faith grew immensely. You've got to realize what's going to happen at the end. Will you trade 70, 80, 90 years of service to God for living with Him in all eternity? Or had you rather spend 70, 80, 90 years living for the devil and be lost in all eternity? That's what it boils down to. Then you and I need to be persuading people about the second coming and judgment. In 2 Corinthians 5, 11, knowing therefore the terror of the Lord, we persuade men. The Bible says, behold the goodness and the severity of God. Romans eleven twenty two. You and I need to realize God is so great. He's so awesome. He's so good. But there is a severe side to God that he demands that sin be paid for. He demands that the price be paid. And he is so loving, he says, let me pay it. I'll give my son for you on Calvary's cross. All I ask you to do is love me, put me first in your life. Your sins will be covered. And mankind, as a general rule, will not take him up on that offer. 
Well, we're to live godly. This is what we're to do. Titus 2, 11 and 12, for the grace of God that bringeth salvation hath appeared to all men. Now notice, teaching us that denying ungodliness and worldly lust, watch it, we should live soberly, righteously, and godly in this present world. Now this is what we're to do, friends, as we await the second coming. As we await the appearing of our Lord in the clouds. And you know the beautiful thing about it is I look at this audience and I wonder which of you shall see the Lord? No, that's not the issue. All of you shall see the Lord. I shall see the Lord. What an awesome sight. To think about seeing the Lord of glory appear in the clouds. You've seen some beautiful sunrises and sunsets. Nothing compared to the awesome glory of the Lord in those clouds. Now you just think about what a wonderful day that's going to be for those that are living right and what a terrible day it's going to be for those who are not. That'll be the worst day of their existence. You know, the Bible says concerning some people, it'd been better for them had they never been born. You don't want to fall into that category. So if you're not a Christian, you need to hear the words of Jesus. This is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. Hear ye him, Matthew 17, 5. Faith cometh by hearing, hear by the word of God, according to Romans 10, 17. You've got to believe in Jesus. Except you believe that I am he, you'll die in your sins. John 8, 24. Repent of anything Jesus says is wrong. I tell you nay, but except you repent, you shall all likewise perish. And then confess the sweet name of Jesus before men. He said, unless you confess me before men, I will not confess you before my Father, which is in heaven. Finally, be baptized into the death of Jesus, where you crucify the old man of sin to rise to walk in newness of life, Romans 6, 1 through 6, and then be baptized in order to be saved. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. Oh, you ought to see the denominational preachers balk on that one. They'll call in and I'll say, you agree with Mark 16, 16? Yeah. So then you agree, he that believeth and is baptized will be the person that's going to be saved. No, I don't believe that. I said, well, that's what the verse says. The verse says, he that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. Yeah, but read the last part of it, Wesley. Okay, let's talk about who's going to be damned. But he that believeth not shall be damned. Believeth not what? Anything the Lord said, a part of which is, he that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. Sir, if you don't believe that, you're going to be damned. It's that simple. It's not complicated. Then, of course, the Lord will add you to his church. He wants you to be faithful. The question tonight is, are you ready? for the second coming of Jesus Christ. If you're not ready, what a golden opportunity to prepare yourselves, obey the gospel. If you've obeyed, you've wandered from the Lord, a golden opportunity to repent and come home as together we stand and sing.